If you're feeling overwhelmed by clutter, whether it be physical or mental clutter, I invite you to join me for my free five-day challenge called Re-Energize Your Home. We'll be meeting from June 3rd through June 9th for this amazing challenge where you will discover the power of shifting your mindset, the power of managing your energy, and having true support for your efforts. Let's help you reclaim control of your life and your space in just five days. All you need to do to join us in this free challenge is to go to maketimeforsuccesspodcast.com slash challenge. Again, that's maketimeforsuccesspodcast.com slash challenge. I can't wait to work with you and I'll see you soon. Welcome back to the Make Time for Success podcast. This is episode number 109. Have you ever taken a big leap out of your own comfort zone? Well, my special guest today, Mindy Rosser, did just that when she was looking for a better job situation for herself. You'll hear how she created a 30-day challenge for herself, how she stuck with that challenge, and by doing so, she created multiple amazing opportunities for herself, including that brand new job. She's currently a LinkedIn expert and she helps business owners, thought leaders, and subject matter experts to start having great conversations on LinkedIn with their audience, prospects, and peers. And what was clear to me while I was talking with Mindy was her total enthusiasm for having honest, authentic, fun conversations with other people and her total knack for being able to help other people move out of their comfort zone too. I have one note before we go to the episode. Mindy and I both forgot what the letter R stood for in the acronym SMART when we were talking about the topic of SMART goals. So I looked it up and the letter R stands for relevant. So remember the word relevant when you hear us talking about SMART goals in the middle of this episode. And I think that's it. Let's go listen to the episode now. It's a great one. Hi, I'm Dr. Christine Lee, and I'm a psychologist and a procrastination coach. I've helped thousands of people move past procrastination and overwhelm so they could begin working to their potential. In this podcast, you're going to learn powerful strategies for getting your mind, body, and energy to work together so that you can focus on what's really important and accomplish the goals you want to achieve. When you start living within your full power, you're going to see how being productive can be easy and how you can create success on demand. Welcome to the Make Time for Success podcast. Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me today on the show. Today, I have a lovely lady from Oahu, Hawaii, here to join me. Her name is Mindy Rosser. She and I are brand new friends with each other and colleagues from our entrepreneurial circles. And I am just so grateful for Mindy to spend this time with us and to let us know everything she knows about the possibilities that the platform LinkedIn can give to us. I myself am pretty LinkedIn non-knowledgeable, and I'm looking forward to learning from you today. Mindy, thank you for being here. So excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So please let us know a little bit about you, what makes you tick, and also how you got to be the LinkedIn specialist. 
Sure thing. So a little bit about me. I am, like you mentioned, based on Oahu. I love surfing. Anybody's watching, I have a surfboard behind me. (laughs) And I really enjoy LinkedIn and kind of how I got here. Uh, About just over 10, 12 years ago, thereabouts, I was really looking at moving. I was in an agency. I was working as a social media manager in my mid-20s. And at the time, I had my eyes set on this content marketing manager job as a, at a startup in San Francisco. So I really wanted to move into a different role. I was kind of like, yeah, I'm getting a little bored. I think it was my entrepreneurial side coming out early, but I thought maybe a startup role would scratch that itch. So what I did was I actually started using LinkedIn and I said, you know what? I'm going to set myself a challenge. I'm going to choose 30 days. I'm going to spend using LinkedIn and working on my resume every morning before I go to my agency job. I'm going to send out a new resume and I'm going to apply for a job and then reach out to people who I think might be hiring for that role on LinkedIn. So about a week and a half thereabouts into that journey, I already had interviews lined up. I had three phone interviews. I had one person that's like, hey, come to San Francisco. We want to meet you. We want to, we want the team to get to know you. And so before you know it, I'd already had a job in San Francisco before I finished my 30-day challenge. The thing was, the hiring manager, when he talked to me, who would become my future boss, he said, Mindy, you know what? You did not have the qualifications. He's like, I'm going to tell you straight up. You didn't have the qualifications. But he said, what I really liked was that you use LinkedIn in a really clever way. He said to reach out to me as a human, not desperate, not like job seeker status. But he said it was so powerful. And he said the way that you reached out, the way that you presented yourself there, he said, we need that type of thinking on the team. And so he said, I hired you over the other candidate. You know the other candidate. I hired you over her because of the way that you approached on LinkedIn. And to me, in that moment, was really powerful. I thought, really? Like, oh, this is cool. I like this LinkedIn thing. Like, how do I do more of this? And so a few of my colleagues, they heard the story and they said, wait a minute, Mindy, help me. Like, I want to get my dream job too. And so I started working with people on helping them land their dream jobs, really figure out LinkedIn and use LinkedIn messaging too, which is really powerful in unique ways. And so I stayed in that role for about a year and a half. I got pregnant with my first and I really wanted to come home and spend more time with my child. So I started consulting for that role and I really moved into more of consulting role and then started branching out on my own and working with one-on-one clients. And I started working with companies. So I was, you know, kind of doing the social media thing was still a little bit broad, but a focus on LinkedIn and helping people with their profiles. And I had somebody approach me and say, Mindy, can you do that same approach and help me get leads and help me get clients. I'm like, well, why not? I'm like, it's the same process. It's the same way. It's the same approach. We're being human. We're not salesy or pitchy or anything like that. It's really about connecting human to human on LinkedIn. So let's give it a try. And so once we did that and I saw it worked, I'm like, oh, this is cool. And so word started spreading and I started doing that for more people, helping them with their profiles, their brand, and then also those people who really wanted to get clients and build relationships. So those who had a relationship-focused approach on really landing their new clients and building rapport on LinkedIn, I started getting into that. So that kind of leads me to where I am today, where I do a lot of social selling consulting. I also help people write their LinkedIn profiles. I teach people how to write their profiles and do a lot of LinkedIn training along the way. You are wonderful. I'm so glad I get to meet you on this live platform and that I know almost nothing about you prior to our conversation now, because now I have at least 10 questions (laughs) to ask you. And 
I love the story. So thank you for sharing that. It sounds like a magical story, but it also sounds like something that's very doable and understandable that you had a thought, you ran with it. It doesn't sound like you were overly terrified about it, but we can get to that. And that it led to one step, which led to many other steps and your current comfortable spot where you feel like the expert, you are the expert, you've developed a following, you're a business, everything else that comes with that. So thank you for sharing that with me and our listeners. My first question that comes up was that initial, let me just try this for 30 days. And what part of you did that? And what part of you did you have to maybe get past to be able to do that kind of experiment? Ooh, I love that question. So I think when it comes to challenges, I like them, but I also like the certainty. So for me, that part was a little bit tricky because I'm like, okay, there's nothing certain about doing this. There's no certain outcome that I'm going to get. I'm, it might work, but I knew I was underqualified for a lot of the roles that I was applying for. Uh, so I knew I had to do something a little bit different and stand out. But to me, I'm like, you know what? Why not? The worst that can happen is that I waste 30 mornings getting up at 4.30 a.m. for an hour and a half before work and sending out resume, getting really good at writing resumes and I, you know, optimizing my profile. That's the worst that can happen and nothing happens. So for me, I think it was just kind of knowing the worst case scenario is nothing happens and I stay in my agency job for a little longer. Okay. That's not so bad. What am I learning in the process? So for me, I really look at challenges or anything that I do that's outside the norm as, okay, so if this doesn't work or have the results that I really hope that it has, am I still going to learn along the way? Because if I'm going to learn along the way, if there are skills that I will develop in that process, then it's worth going through with the challenge because regardless of the outcome, I get the skills that I want, you know, and there are different things that I'm learning along the way and becoming a better human. So I think for me, it was kind of like weighing the pros and cons of the situation and then deciding, okay, 30 days felt doable. It's like, that's, it's not like I'm doing this for a year or something that feels insurmountable. So I think really setting like, yeah, I guess using that smarter goals framework, you know, where it's like specific, measurable, achievable, you know, those types of things I think was really helpful and just putting like a boundary around it. But then knowing the worst that could happen is this, the best that could happen is this, and I'm getting skills along the way. Okay. So really, basically coaching yourself into a confident position where the losses are minimal if they're even going to occur and that there's definitely going to be a benefit of at least a piece of learning about what would happen if I do this. So I want to bookmark this for all of our listeners that if you are scared, if you are hesitant, if you are terrified about something, but you also have a feeling that this is the right thing for you to do, that you want to do some sort of smart analysis, right? Things need to be specific, measurable, actionable. I know I'm, I'm blanking on the R and the T. <laughs> T is time. Time time-based. Yes. And R, I'm going to forget as well. It is in my book somewhere. So everybody can Google smart goals, but yeah, to really review the landscape, but don't terrify yourself into inaction. Really action is what's going to get you results. Mindy's story is definitely showing us that that is the case. All right. So in your case, you happen to have been underqualified for the jobs you were applying for. I think most of the people that I work with, they're actually more than qualified enough, yet they are saddled with fear 
and that fear prevents them from moving forward. Given your experience with the LinkedIn territory, what might you have to say to these people who really have the skills, really are great potential employees who are just sitting on their resume, sitting on those letters, sitting on LinkedIn and not moving forward? What would you say to them? Oh, yes. I think this is a good topic because I talk to so many of them. They come to me like, Mindy, uh, can I do a one-on-one with you or can you help me with my profile? I just have a few questions. Like, how do I get over this? I think in our heads, sometimes we get stuck in our heads where we feel like, okay, if I'm talking about myself too much on LinkedIn, that feels either salesy or I'm bragging too much or I don't know exactly what the numbers were. I want to use a statistic and talk about my accomplishments, but I'm not sure if it's 100% accurate. And there's there's this fear that there's going to be repercussions or there's fear that they will put in all this work and nothing will happen. So I think it's really understanding, I think a basic understanding of how LinkedIn works and what you actually need to do there based on your goals. And I think a lot of people don't know how to approach LinkedIn or they're like, I know I'm supposed to be there, but what do I do? Do I post a bunch of content? I'm looking for my next opportunity. I don't know if that's appropriate. Do I work on my profile? Do I build my network? So it's really understanding and breaking it down into steps. And so when I think about getting onto LinkedIn, the first thing that you'll definitely want to do that will really help kind of alleviate that fear is realize that your LinkedIn profile is the most important thing on LinkedIn. When you understand that, All you have to do is focus on your LinkedIn profile and making it the best you can be. And I think when it comes to kind of filling out the sections, if you are sitting on a resume, if you have all those qualifications, you just need to put them all on LinkedIn, like use LinkedIn almost like a guide guide you through too. It's you got your headline, you got your about section, which is a good place for your bio or summary. You also have all of the experience sections. So just making sure that your LinkedIn profile is up to date, it's accurate, it's aligned with your resume. It doesn't have to be a carbon copy. But using what's on your resume to fill out your LinkedIn profile will give you a lot more confidence. And I've found that it really helps people kind of get through the fear of LinkedIn. Like, wait, Mindy, I don't have to like go network. I don't have to send, I don't have to cold call. I don't have to send emails. You know, I don't have to become a LinkedIn power user and post content. I say, no, most people, all they need to do is update their LinkedIn profile. And a lot of the inbound opportunities will come to you. If you are job seeking, obviously you're going to have to apply for jobs. But when your profile is positioned appropriately, when it's accurate and up to date and it has the right keywords in it, then you are going to be found for positions and people are going to seek you out. So I think it's really understanding, okay, LinkedIn, I don't have to do a lot. Just update your profile, make sure everything is up to date and accurate and you are good to go, you know, and you can build from there. So you can, you know, you can go ahead and start getting connected with people on LinkedIn and building your network if you'd like. But if you're really just making sure it's accurate and up to date and just like ready in case an opportunity comes your way, all you need to do is focus on your profile, log into LinkedIn once or twice a week, just kind of keep up in case you have any messages coming through. And that's all. And I think when people understand how simple LinkedIn can be, it's not like other channels. It's not like Instagram or TikTok where you have to post all the time and create this clever content and catch people's attention. It's literally, okay, just use your resume, fill it out, optimize, keywords, search, good to go. Okay, good. That's great. That's a great first piece of advice for the basics of using LinkedIn. Thank you for that. Thank you for helping people to get over the anxiety perhaps, or the avoidance of that platform if they are not currently on it. 
So now I would want to ask about the relational language that you use, helping people to establish community and conversation. Can you describe how that became important for you and how you practice? Sure thing. So when it comes to LinkedIn, and I would say in general, in business and marketing and sales, it really is for me about relationships. And that's how I have personally built my business. It's based on relationships and of course, doing great work for people. But I think the combination of those things, when you focus on relationships first versus focusing, I think a lot of people focus on the opportunity or they're trying to close the deal or get that job. Like they're so focused on the end goal that they forget about the relationship in the middle. And if instead you take your focus and focus on what's right in front of you and you focus, okay, the first thing I need to do is build relationships with the right people or build rapport. Sometimes it's not even a deep relationship. Sometimes it's just that professional rapport and respect. So if you focus on that first, the end goal happens. And so I think it's, it's very similar to surfing. I'll use an analogy here. When you are surfing, when you hop on a wave, for those of you who don't know, when you hop on a wave, a lot of times what you're doing is you're not looking straight ahead. You are actually looking what they call down the line. So you're looking at the wave face in front of you. And what can happen is if you look too far down the wave face, you're going to miss the section that's in front of you. And a lot of times the wave will close out or you know your wave is over because you're not surfing what's right in front of you. So there's a saying that we say is like, surf the section in front of you. You surf what's right in front of you. You Don't worry about what's down the line. You focus on one section at a time. And relationships are so much like that. It's like, okay, what's right in front of me? Who do I need to get connected to versus what do I need to accomplish? And when we focus on the humans that are involved in the process, it goes so much smoother and you have more fun. Like you have more fun along the way because you're not so focused on am I going to close this person? You don't dehumanize people in a way. You actually value them as collaborators, as participants in your professional journey. And maybe they are not meant to be, you know, maybe you're not meant to work at their company, or maybe you are not meant to be, you know, serving them in a client relationship, but you are building that relationship along the way. And you never know where your next opportunity is going to come from. That's what I've been surprised with along the way. The longer I'm in this, it's like, it's so funny. People who have been on my list, my email list for years, they've never said a word. All of a sudden they send clients my way and they're like, oh yeah, I'm referring you to everyone. It's it's so funny. So relationships, you don't always have to be face-to-face. Relationships can happen in a multitude of ways and people can feel connected to you just by reading your work or consuming your content or coming across you or meeting you at an event. So there are so many ways to build relationships, but I always focus on the relationship first and then whatever happens, happens. And it, by going about it that way, it feels much more organic and it feels much more aligned with just, I think, the way that I like to do business. And I, I'm not a hard seller. I'm not like a hard closer. I'm like, if, if it vibes, like if we're gelling, we're good, <laughs> you know, then it's going to work. I'm not going to force the situation. So relationships are just are key. And it's the foundation of LinkedIn. When people come to LinkedIn, sometimes they they try to treat it like, like a TikTok. Like are people trying to go viral or create something really clever, use the right hashtags. And if you treat LinkedIn that way, you're not going to succeed. Very few people will. It's probably like 0.001% of people that go about it that way actually do succeed. But the people who approach LinkedIn from a relationship standpoint, like, okay, I know this is a long game. I'm in here to build professional relationships. I'm going to do it the right way. I want to know the people inside my network. I want to represent my best professional self and build those relationships. And it's going to take time. 
but that time pays off. And that's the beauty of LinkedIn. It's it's not meant for the flash in the pan people. It's for those of us who are like, you know what? I may not be the fastest out of the gate, but I can keep going forever. <laughs> you know, so LinkedIn is a really powerful way to, in a platform, it's built. Like the entire platform is built around helping professionals connect with each other. I view it as almost like a professional water cooler, networking events. There's so many communities there. And I spend a ton of time in my direct messages because I just really enjoy the relationship component of LinkedIn. Okay. What a beautiful teacher you are. You have a lovely way about you. So thank you for sharing this wisdom about the platform and describing how it really works. Cause I think you've probably saved a lot of people a lot of time from trying to go viral on a platform that is more based on relationships. That sounds like really great advice. My mind always goes to the people who are not feeling good enough about themselves or about their profile, let's say, or their job experience or their own experience to show up consistently and or to be making these conversations that it really feels like some sort of social anxiety or humongous hurdle to pretend or to act as if or to be there as someone who can be peer-to-peer with a total stranger. I'm sure you've coached people through this many a time. Could you please give us your thoughts on all of this? Uh, That is not uncommon at all. (laughs) And I think sometimes when we feel that anxiety around connecting with people or like, especially if you've never sent a, a LinkedIn connection invitation to someone you didn't really, really know, there's a lot of anxiety about hitting send. So I have... I use the hashtag sometimes just hit send. Uh, It's a mantra that I have like, okay, just hit send. The worst that can happen on LinkedIn when you send a message to somebody or try to connect with somebody, if your genuine intent is to connect with them, you're not trying to sell them anything, you're not pitching them, you're not sending something that's out of alignment, is that they won't see it or they they will ignore it, or it's not the right fit for them. But the best thing that can happen is that they're going to be happy to hear from you. And they're going to be like, oh, I met you at that event. That's right. Or I saw you in that workshop, or we're in the same community. So when it comes to messaging people and having that social anxiety, what I like to start with first is picking people that you know are going to say yes, or have a very high chance of saying yes. And for a lot of us, that can come to, you know, like say we're in the similar community, we're in some entrepreneurial groups together. And so for me, it's really easy to connect with people that are in the same space, that are in other communities that I'm a part of, especially if I'm an active member. So it's a really good place to start is to say, hey, okay, what people do I already know or what communities am I in right now where it would make sense for me to send connection invitations and get connected to them on LinkedIn? Because as professionals, if it's a professional community of sorts, we should all be connected with everyone we're in professional communities with on LinkedIn as well. So it always makes sense to connect with people in that sense. So I like to start and recommend that people start with people they already know or kind of somewhat know or have something in common. Because if you have that thing in common, it's really easy to send a connection. Like when I send connections to people I'm in a group with, I say, hey, we're in the same group. Did you just go to so-and-so's workshop? It was really good, wasn't it? My takeaway was this. You know, so you're automatically easily starting conversations and it's not hard because you have 
likely just interacted with them in a similar setting. You may have even seen them on Zoom, you know, depending on the type of workshop that you were in. So I feel like for me, that's helped me because I don't really like sending cold invitations to like, okay, there's this prospect that's on a list somewhere and I'm trying to do an account-based marketing sales approach and reach out to all the stakeholders and we have nothing in common. That is very difficult. There are some business development and sales professionals who are excellent at it and I'm learning from them. That's not my style. That's not how I like to approach people. And for those of us who do experience anxiety around connecting with people and just building that muscle, I see it as a muscle. It's a LinkedIn muscle. And when you build it, when you spend that time building that muscle and that repetition, when you send, like just send one, two or three connection invitations and wait, you know, and when they get accepted, go, oh, that worked. People were happy. They actually responded to my message. And then you feel a little bit more confident. And then you're like, okay, maybe I should connect with a few more people in that community. Or maybe I should reach out to this audience that I really want to connect with who'd be a perfect fit for my programs or services or something. Like you, you start getting a little bit more brave and just, and also a little bit more savvy in how to write a connection invitation or write a message that feels authentic to you, but also opens the conversation because that's the key. Like on LinkedIn, it's like when you connect with people, you're starting a conversation. And when you're connected, there's like that message stream that is open in LinkedIn. So you can always message them back and forth. Uh, So that is super powerful. And it's also fun. And I think if you take the performance out of it, this is not a performance. Nobody's going to see how many connection invitations you sent, who you sent them to, and how you performed. It's not like a piece of content where you're putting out content and then nobody engages. And then the whole world technically can see that nobody engaged, you know. It's like, view it as like, oh, wait, oh, this is all private. This is all behind the scenes. The only people that are going to see your performance, it's you and the other person. And when you approach them too, from a place of being yourself, from being authentic and wanting to serve, wanting to see how you can help them or how they can help you, you know, when there's that mutual beneficial feeling to your connection, it's easy. You know, it's like sending it to a friend. It's like saying hi to someone at an event where you're super excited about all the people who are there and the experience you're going to have together. It is very, very similar to that. And so I think it's kind of shifting our headspace around, oh, I'm sending a connection. I don't know this person. I don't know what they're going to say to, hey, hi, my name is Mindy. (laughs) I'd like to meet you. You look like a cool person. You know, so it takes a little bit of bravery, but once you have done it a few times, you do develop that muscle and it gets much easier over time. And then your messages start becoming fun. You go into LinkedIn and you have all these messages from all these cool people that you are in conversation with who you have reached out to and intentionally added to your network. And that is powerful. That's where those opportunities come from. You also build a lot more confidence on the platform too. Beautiful. Again, a lovely story and a lovely teaching moment about how to just do things piece by piece, still maybe close to your comfort level, but also just reaching out and being yourself. That word authenticity seems in my head to be contrasted with a more professional or formal language. And do you coach people on how to speak authentically in their own way. Is there such a thing as coaching towards that? I love it. Like coaching for authenticity. And then also I think that professional element to it. So I think that's where people also kind of feel a little bit like, oh, okay, I don't want this to sound too personal. Like where's the line between professional and being authentically myself? Like I don't want to reach out and say, hey, 
I love surfing. You know, I mean, that's not how I would reach out on LinkedIn most of the time, unless I know that person has like a big surfing image, I might say something about that. You know, so I think it's really taking into consideration the platform. LinkedIn is a professional platform. So when you are reaching out, you want to be authentically your professional self. So how would you show up professionally? When you have your professional hat on, how do you interact? And so basically, you just kind of translate that into your LinkedIn connection invitation or your messaging. It's like, oh, okay, I have my professional hat on. How would I send this? Sometimes people like to get into the headspace of like they're sitting in their email inbox and just like, okay, I'm sending messages. I'm working inside my company or sending messages to other people on the team. And that tone of voice is authentic, but you are wearing your professional hat. You're not sending something to your mom or your grandma. You know, this is definitely a professional space. So you just want to make sure that you are filtering it through the lens of professionalism, but you do want your personality to be there. So there's a little bit of a blend. You can still talk about some personal things, especially if it's if it's relevant to what you do or you know that they share a hobby that you share as well. It's okay to talk about that. But I think still you want to keep it in that professional lens and just your best professional authentic self. Okay. Beautiful. I love how you use your surfing hobby and passion as a way to teach and and that you weave it into the professional authentic you. So you've modeled that beautifully for us today. So thank you so much, Mindy. You have taught us so many things and so many ways of being, I think. Um, But also, I think one of the most important lessons for me was the first one of just design and experiment for the things that you're aiming for. What kind of experiment can I launch today, right? That the opportunities are all over the place and we can just take advantage of them when we understand that there's very little to lose and so much to gain. So Mindy, is there anything you would want to add that we haven't covered for your potential clients, your future clients, your current clients, whoever's listening, who might want to connect with you? Yeah, I think if you want to talk more about LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn, obviously. It's Mindy Rosser. It's Mindy with an I, if you're listening to this, Rosser. I love to talk about this stuff and I love my direct messages. So if you want to connect with me, feel free to send me a connection invitation. Uh, so you listen to the podcast and any questions that you have along the way too. I nerd out about this stuff and I love talking about it in my DMs. Don't, you know, don't be a stranger. Don't be afraid to ask. I love to chat about all of this. Um, I also have a Mondays with Mindy live stream that I do every Monday on LinkedIn too. So if you like long form content, if you want to nerd out on LinkedIn strategies. That's where I do it in longer form. So you can also check me out there. Okay. Beautiful. Thank you so much. That sounds like a great opportunity for people to stay connected with you. I believe you also have a free download for our listeners. Could you describe that? Yes, I do. So if you're curious, you're like, okay, Mindy, this sounds good. And I really want to optimize my profile. I have a guide. So it's the LinkedIn profile guide. And I think you'll share the URL to it. But basically, it will walk you through the most important sections to fix on your profile and also share some examples and formulas. So you will know exactly, oh, okay, this is how I do my headline, my experience sections and how to handle the about section. Okay, beautiful. And yes, I do have the link, which is make time for success podcast dot com slash profile. Again, make time for success podcast.com slash profile. And I would suggest you download this just to know that you have a way back to Mindy and download all of her smart tips for how to make the most of your LinkedIn profile. Mindy, thank you again for being here, for sharing your enthusiasm, your experience, and your lessons with us today. It has been amazing. Thank you. It was a pleasure.
All right, everyone, if you liked this episode, please do me the favor of taking a minute or two and jotting down a review for the podcast. And I would so appreciate this because there are lots of job seekers in the world, lots of people who could connect with our lovely guests. And I would love to help spread the word about how to make time for success. Everyone be well. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Make Time for Success podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard, you can subscribe to make sure you get notified of upcoming episodes. You can also visit our website, maketimeforsuccesspodcast.com for past episodes, show notes, and all the resources we mentioned on the show. Feel free to connect with me over on Instagram too. You can find me there under the name Procrastination Coach. Send me a DM and let me know what your thoughts are about the episodes you've been listening to. And let me know any topics that you might like me to talk about on the show. I'd love to hear all about how you're making time for success. Talk to you soon.